This episode was sponsored by Cards Against Humanity, and they asked us not to read an ad. Enjoy the show. How about that? A sponsor that doesn't even want you to read an ad. Thank you, Cards Against Humanity. It's Topics, the podcast where two comedians discuss serious topics in a serious way. Although, if something funny happens, that's okay too. I'm Michael Ian Black, joined as always by Michael Showalter. Good to be here. We've got a great episode for everybody today. Very exciting. A lot of ground to cover. Let's quickly go over the rules. Michael, do you want to start? Uh, well, the main rule uh, on topics is that there are no rules. <laughs> and um, I know that that sounds contradictory, but it but it's true. We want to have uh, an open uh, dialogue on this show. Uh, we are inclusive of many different points of view and we don't want to restrict uh anything that gets said on the show even uh lbgt people are welcome yes definitely and uh we also um have a uh, a precept uh involving um you know we only have a half an hour on the show um, which is a lot of time, but it's not quite enough time to cover the entire topic. So we have uh, a precept on the show, which is to cover 80% of the topic. And then we ask you, the listeners, to uh, complete the uh, the topic on your own in study groups. So we're asking that everyone finish out the 20% in your study groups. And um, yeah, that, that about covers it. Um, and this, obviously, and, uh, do you want to talk about Topicon? Yeah, Topicon is coming up. It's uh, it's going to be great. It's our first Topicon. We're doing it in the Pine Barrens. It's going to be a place for study groups to get together, exchange ideas, exchange information. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of great conversation. I hope you'll bring some of your own topics to Topicon. Uh, we'll be doing a draw uh, a grab bag on every night at 9.30, I think, around the bonfire, where we pass around a big grab bag hat, we draw from the hat a topic of your choosing, and then Michael and I will lead a discussion with all the study groups about that topic. And during those uh, 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 rap sessions, we are gonna try to cover 100 mm-hmm, percent so mm-hmm. th- so that could be those nights could be late they, mm-hmm. they, they could easily go to but it's going to be a lot of fun it, it, yeah it's it's going to be a lot of fun too it's a family thing we don't it's not going to be only topics and seminars we're also going to be playing volleyball we're going to have a barbecue we're doing all sorts of fun stuff there's um a lake so if people want to go take a swim or or hang out by the 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 beach that that's going to be going on as well and did you want to talk about the food uh, yes, before I do that, I do have a surprise. Speaking of the lake, I can confirm now that there will be a canoe. So that just happened. I'm excited about it. There'll be a sign-up sheet, 15-minute uh, increments. Please keep it to 15 minutes because there's only the one, but there will be a canoe. And I can confirm that on Friday night, Michael Ian Black is doing an hour of stand-up comedy. Well, yes. Um, it's going to be... Hopefully, it's going to be as educational as it is going to be entertaining. It's uh, I don't want to give too much away, but it is going to. We've talked a little bit about it. It's going to involve Franklin Pierce. It's going to involve Abraham Lincoln, and I, I, I just pre- prepare to laugh. Well, That's you're going to be taught you doing your whole doe face bit. I am doing the doe face bit. Uh, if you haven't seen it, I don't think it's on YouTube. Um, but it's better that way. It's better if you if you're surprised. So uh, so so mention the food and then we'll get going with the with the show. Yes. 
The food is uh, going to be great. There are vegan options. It's going to actually be primarily vegan. Uh, I've been pricing bags of millet and um, bags of barley. So And bulgur. And bulgur, excuse me. I meant bulgur when I said barley. If you're vegan, you will be well covered. If you're not vegan, I actually suggest you bring your own turkey jerky because we just don't have the budget for this year's Topicon to provide, you know, the filet mignon that, that maybe you're expecting. So bring some turkey jerky, bring an appetite for bulgur and millet, and it's it's going to be a great long weekend out there in the Pine Barrens. Pine Barrens. So, so, and bring, bring some off spray too because the bugs can get pretty bad in July. We did get a deal on the Pine Barrens because that is prime mosquito mating season. So there, there will be mosquitoes. Yeah. A pretty, pretty intense mosquito region. All right. On to the topic. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So Michael and I are both authors. Um, We've both written numerous books. Um, At least one of mine was a New York Times bestselling book. Michael, is that true for you as well? Uh, Not to my knowledge, but I appreciate. No, not to my knowledge. Yeah. Um, and both of us are just consumed with words and writing and language. There's that word language. And so today we thought we would bring in a fellow author, um, another person of letters, who is going to provide us some perspective on perspectives, which leads me to today's topic, perspectives on writing from cave drawings to computer code and back. And we welcome two topics, our guest, author Susan Orlean. Susan, hello. Hey, nice to be with you. So uh, for the listeners who don't know you by name necessarily, but know your work, um, Susan is the author of, um, oh, so many terrific books. The, the, The book about the dog, that she just wrote. She wrote a book about a dog. She wrote about. She wrote a book about some flowers. Uh, she writes magazine articles. She's just tremendous. And Susan, have you ever been on the New York Times bestselling list? Uh, I have. It's quite knock, an honor, isn't knock it? Knock on wood. Yes, as a matter of fact, it's uh, it's a real thrill. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't know exactly what that feels like. Oh, and 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 you know what? It is a thrill, but it. Uh, you know, there's plenty of great authors who were never on the New York Times bestsellers list. Uh, Chaucer, for example, I don't think was ever on that list. So I wouldn't feel too bad about yourself, Michael. But it is a real honor. It's a real. I thrill. don't know. I don't feel bad about myself. No, no, and and that's what I'm saying. You should uh-huh. not, and I'm glad you don't. Um, Which one of your books was on the bestseller list? Um, my first volume, entitled "My Custom Band and Fifty Other Mind Blowing oh. Essays That Will Blow Your Mind All Over Your Face." Really? Hmm. That's right. How many of the copies did you yourself purchase? I don't know that that's germane to the conversation. The The larger point, I think, is that it's a real honor to be on that list. And I was thrilled. I'm thrilled for your success, Susan. And I just want to get our beaks wet uh, just as quick as we can with today's topic, perspectives on writing. Now, Susan, you are known primarily for your nonfiction writing. I always get those two confused, nonfiction and fiction. What's the difference? 
Uh, it's a really good question and important to appreciate that they are different. And, and it's almost like the word unabashed. Mm-hmm. All of those negative, positive words get a little confusing. But nonfiction is true. Fiction is not true. Well, it That's, seems like it should be the other way around because not right. fiction, not true. Right, exactly. And that's why it gets a little confusing. But the the truth is... Oh, and there's uh, that word again, truth. <laughs> yeah, as, if we're going to go into the world of truth, um, I see them as very distinct and there isn't really a gray area. Nonfiction is writing about factual research and facts about the world and fiction is a work of imagination making things up yeah but but do you think that the truth can be subjective mm-hmm. that you know when something one you say f- non-fiction is not true fiction is no non-fiction is truth fiction is non-truth but but what is truth well that that <clears throat> That's a that should be a whole separate topic. Of well, course. it's not. We're going to keep it in this. We're going to oh, keep it in this right. topic. But I, I mean, there is no objective reality, mm. and um, nonfiction can't pretend to be absolute truth. Mm. I think it. Facts can be established, but there's it's always subjective. So I guess it's it's the intention is part of it. Mm-hmm. If your intention is to tell a story based, um, you know, telling facts as you see them, the reader knows that there's subjectivity because there's nobody who could ever objectively and completely know some subject. I find you're contradicting yourself left and right, and I want to dive into that a little bit. You said there's no gray area between nonfiction and fiction, and yet here you are establishing gray areas uh, as if you were shading a pencil drawing. I wonder if you could elucidate that a little Ouch. bit. Ouch. Um, Ouch. <laughs> I'm, let, me, let me gather my wits here a second. You know what? I'll tell you what I think. where there's no gray area is in the intent of the writer. Mm. So if the writer's intention is to learn the facts and tell them, that doesn't mean that it is objectively and absolutely fully known because there is nothing that we can fully know, but the intention of the writer is to tell the reader a factual story with fiction the writer is it's an act of imagination and yet we look to fiction so often for truth don't we for deeper truths don't we don't we wow yeah now what do you think about the, the, I, I feel like there's a new genre has popped up in the in the literary uh, world that of the creative nonfiction. We speak, uh, we've added the word creative now to the word nonfiction, further blurring the lines between fiction and nonfiction. What is creative nonfiction and how does it differ from fiction? 
Well, to begin with, it's one of those phrases that I wish didn't exist mm. because like, it causes like chiclet, right? Like <laughs> right. It ca- it causes conversations like this. Not that I'm insulting you, but I'm. It it suggests that it's kind of not nonfiction, and really, what it means is not boring nonfiction. That's really what it means. So creative nonfiction is just good fiction, good nonfiction. Yeah, and it usually means nonfiction that employs the techniques and artfulness of fiction right. as opposed to a newspaper story that is delivering the classic fact pyramid right. of who, what, where, when, mm-hmm. how. It's the long you know usually implies longer it usually implies you know less adherence to a rigid chronology and it's more slice of life in um, in cold blood I'm, I'm just a book i don't know if you guys know it in this book in cold blood yes that's, by that's, truman capote Yes. Heard of it. Um, Would that be a good example of creative nonfiction? Yeah, I think a lot of people would point to that as, in fact, the pioneering work of creative nonfiction. Though, of course, this is complicated by the fact that some people think he took greater liberties in the facts than we've realized. And again, this is not to insult the LGBT community. Well, I don't know about that. You think it is to insult the LGBT? No, I don't. I don't. I don't. Um, I forgive me. I was just and uh, well, I no, was you were, joshing. You were, you were playing with uh, the idea that if something funny happens, that's okay. Yeah, I'm not afraid of that. Well, we won't. We won't edit that out. But going back to in cold blood, and now you're saying maybe he took liberties with the truth. You're talking about his intentional his intentionality. Well, and let me define that because I think he reported that as aggressively and um, avidly as a as a classic journalist would. It, it was an act of journalism. The I think a lot of the issue has come up more around his relationship with his subjects mm. rather than anything being untrue. I see. And he didn't make things up. Right. And, and I think what people get confused about is, well, is it okay to make things up? Or can you have composite characters? And or, what's your, what's your, what is your take on that? Absolutely no. Absolutely not. I mean, if you're making up characters, if you're compositing, um, you know, taking a couple different people and and making up a new character that includes quotes from all these people, that's fiction. Mm -hmm. And, And fiction exists. It's a big tent under which all of those things can fit. With In Cold Blood, his purpose was to take a news story and report it thoroughly and then tell it with the artfulness of a novel which he obviously did it's a book that stands even now as a a classic of the form and but 
he his intent was never to invent characters. In fact, I sort of think his interest in it was to say, let me find out the truth and write with those. It's almost like if you're doing a jigsaw puzzle and you can't find a piece, you don't go make a piece. You don't. Mm. Well, can I interject? With 3D printing now, you can. But then it's not a puzzle anymore. Then you're 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 creating then you're making a new puzzle uh, yeah but mm, you're making something new as opposed to with nonfiction, you're handed a certain set of facts well, what, is, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to interject again but a lot of times what happens when I'm doing a puzzle is I don't know if the kids get into it or the dog got into it or what happened but the, the you can't find the piece you really just can't find the piece can I can I come up with a different uh, metaphor maybe Sure. We're switching metaphors here. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't want to get caught in the puzzle thing because right. it may not. I agree. Yes, I agree. I agree. Right. But, it is, because, it is, but can we agree that that is very frustrating? It is. But, Mike, I think Susan's being metaphorical. She's using the 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 puzzle as as something for us to, to help her make a point. She's not being literal about actually doing a puzzle. Okay, well, that was not my understanding, but if you want to, if you want to change the metaphor, then that's fine. Well, all right. Say you are given five pieces of a puzzle, lumber, and five nails and a hammer, and told to build something. Good luck. Um, <laughs> Good luck. You know what you create is based on the the factual the fact of what you've been given, right? As opposed to saying, "Well, I'm going to now make up a, a another piece of wood to make this house, right?" Or go buy right more lumber. And the point is that with a factual story, what you learn is not always convenient or tidy in terms of making a story but it is reality and your job then as a writer of nonfiction is to make that as interesting and engaging as you can given what you know to be the case you but, know that's but you you can um you can you can, leave, make, you can make stuff up well I was going to say you could leave things out that don't oh. support the story yeah. you want to tell. Right. And that's the bigger question with nonfiction is the omissions that you may make to strengthen your story. But if you begin, and that's not honest either. Right. Um, that's not sticking to the facts either. Lie, I mean, lies of omission. Right. I mean, when I was working do, on Do you the, understand that, Mike, what I just said? Lies of omission? Well, it's wonder. It's a wonderful phrase, and I wonder if you could unpack that a little bit for me. It just means that by not saying something, it's as bad as if you said, if as if you lied. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, it's almost like photoshopping a picture and photoshopping out a significant fact, a, a significant feature in the picture. That's right. Or if you um, had a puzzle, if you purposely left out a puzzle piece. Well, yeah. If you want to Does go back to the puzzle, if we're going to, I feel responsible for bringing up the puzzle. Thing. Well, I'll be honest. I never quite left the puzzle. <laughs> uh, I feel bad about that. Don't. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a fellow who enjoys doing a jigsaw puzzle, but it is very frustrating when your kid, I don't know if my kids got into it or the dog got into it, but oftentimes pieces are just missing. If I had a 3D printer, I would print a new piece for it. 
Mm. I really want a 3D printer for those inconvenient mm. situations. You guys know I love to read. I mean, I just devour books. I mean, for me, there's there's nothing better than sitting down with a book. But sometimes I don't want to read the book. You know, sometimes I might be in my car or I might be on one of my um, hikes. I like to listen. That's why I like Audible.com. Audible has 150,000 titles to choose from. Every category that you can think of. Bestsellers, fiction, nonfiction, biography, humor, whatever. They've got free apps for iPhones, Android, and Windows. You can download, you know, uh, on all that stuff, and over 500 MP3 players. And here's the nice thing. With Audible, you actually own the book. You're not just renting it. You're not just streaming it. It's yours. It's yours forever. Um, you know, maybe you like to annotate your uh, your books. You know, you're one of those people who likes to, you know, save a particular passage. You can do that with Audible. They've got annotated bookmarks. They've got chapter navigation. They've got sleep mode. They've got button-free mode. You know, if you're one of those anti-button people. Here's why you might want to try Audible. You get a free audiobook of your choice and a free 30-day trial membership. So there's no, you know, nothing ventured, nothing gained. You know what I mean? You're not losing anything. You get a free book. Here's why you'll want to stay with Audible. With Audible's great listener guarantee, if you don't like a book, you know, you picked a book uh, and you think, oh my goodness, this book is a real stinker. No worries. You can exchange any book you aren't happy with for another title anytime, no questions asked. I I listen to... Uh, I listened to one of A.J. Jacobs' books, uh, The Smartest Man in the World or something, or his encyclopedia book, whatever the book that was. I listened to that on Audible, had a great experience with it, and, uh, and just loved it. And I think you'll love Audible, too. So, Audible is offering our listeners, Topics listeners, a free audiobook of your choice and a free 30-day trial membership. Just go to audiblepodcast.com slash topics and choose from, as I said, 150,000 titles. Download a title free and start listening. It's that easy. Just go to audiblepodcast.com slash topics. That's audiblepodcast.com slash topics and get started today. All right. You've heard me talk about this before and I'm going to talk about it again because I believe in it so much. Because I'm a guy who doesn't like hassles. When I have to deal with long lines and grumpy postal clerks, to me, that's a hassle. That's why I like stamps.com. It gives me postage on demand. Anything that I can do at the post office, I can do at my desk with stamps.com. I can I can buy postage, I can print postage, any letter, any package using my computer, my printer, and it never closes. Stamps.com is there all the time. Whenever I go to the post office, I feel like I'm, I've either just missed them or I'm there during lunch when there's a long line. This way, you know, when I'm up at three in the morning, as I often am, pacing, thinking, ruminating on philosophy and life, Stamps.com is there. I have used Stamps.com to mail uh, practicums to study groups. I've used it to mail headshots to casting agents, you know, for my big showcase that I'm doing. I use Stamps.com to, to mail anything, really. You can, you know, just anytime you need a stamp, Stamps.com. All right, maybe you're not sold. This is going to convince you. Right now, use our promo code TOPICS for this special offer. You get the no-risk trial, plus you get a $110 bonus offer. And what does that include? A digital scale and up to $55 in free postage. You may not even go through $55 of postage in a year. 
you know? Uh, so th- it, in, a, in a sense, Stamps.com is paying you to use their service. Don't wait. Go to Stamps.com, and before you do anything else, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in Topics. That's Stamps.com. Enter Topics. You were talking about uh, your new book. Your new book? My new book. The is book I'm you, working you, on. You're researching a new book. Yeah. Okay. And Mike, Mike, she was talking about. She was going to talking about her new book. Well, was uh, this? yeah. This was not during the podcast. No, she. Yes, it was. Oh, I wasn't listening. I was thinking about the puzzle. Yeah. Well, I. I, I was going to actually. I was going to make a, a reference to the orchid thief when I was working on the orchid thief. There was this, a is po- the, this is the this is the book about flowers that I mentioned earlier. The orchid thief, right, the true right. story of beauty and obsession. Exactly, and true is a, an important part of that subtitle. By the way, I mean that the fact is that it it's true, which is partly why it, it's part of what makes it interesting. Is not that gee, I'm so imaginative, I can create characters who are surprising but that these are real people in a real situation and it wasn't always exactly you know there were times where I would think geez I wish there was you know the the crime involved here was modest in a way and every now and again I would think geez too bad that there wasn't a twist like too bad John LaRoche didn't kill someone in the course of stealing these orchids and then for for readers who or for listeners who haven't read it it's a story about john laroche who steals an orchid and it's so strange to me that john laroche who was such a funny and successful actor would then become involved in orchid thievery you know in, yeah. in the swamps of florida I, I i i quickly want to interject i think mike you might be thinking of john laroquette uh for the listeners uh who maybe don't know john laroquette's work he was uh, the funny character on Night Court. Oh yeah, that wasn't him. I Are see. you thinking of John Larroquette? I, you know what, I might be. Yeah, it's, it's entirely possible I am. I love him, and and I'm I, I'm embarrassed that I confused the two, but very relieved that it was not him involved in this in this crime. Yeah, very very relieved. I can I can understand that. Yeah, uh, this gentleman was uh, was never an actor, to my knowledge. But I've I've learned something interesting uh, today, which is I thought creative nonfiction meant nonfiction where you're also allowed to make things up that aren't true. But what you're clar- clarifying for me is that creative nonfiction is just nonfiction that's written in a way that is meant to be entertaining and true. Yes, and that, and you know, I teach a lot, and I, I try to hammer this in to the minds of the young folk who I'm teaching because I think it's important. Because it, all the popular memoirists of our generation lie. Well, well let's not let's not name any. any I'm not going to name any names. We all know. I'm not going to name any names, but it seems to happen all the time. Where right. he was on, where he was on Oprah, he made a fortune from. Well, lying, it's not so. just him. It's well, not just him. Fortune. It's not just him. There's a bunch well, of them, and they write these memoirs, and they make a lot of stuff up. Right, and I actually find this incredibly disturbing. If, if something is labeled as fact. Even given that, as I said before, no one can ever 
truly know anything thoroughly, but just to make stuff up. And I think I think it's actually really important, especially for the younger people mm. in the world to understand that if you say something is true and factual, it's... You'll go to jail like that guy, James Fry. He's still in jail, I think, for that. Is he? I think, yeah. I don't think... I, my understanding is he's serving 20 years to life. I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think so. Well, I think he's... Uh, no, and, 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 you know, and then I, I mean, I, I really had this misunderstanding. I thought the word creative nonfiction was invented to uh, justify... Uh, these Why? kinds of books and so that it was almost like the that they were like we need to keep writing these memoirs need to keep coming out and they need to be they need to be entertaining but we can't say it's nonfiction because then everyone will find out that it's there's it's filled with with lies so we'll add creative to it and then that's a new book genre which is like nonfiction that's partially fiction mm. Mm. wow well, we talked. We we've talked a lot about the difference between fiction and nonfiction. And Michael, you wonderfully uh, broached the subject of creative nonfiction. But I want to get. I want to explore this idea deeper and get to its its uh, its roots. We mentioned cave drawing in the in the in the opening in the in the topic heading. Now, cave drawing these these drawings of animals that we we think of when we think of cave drawings, of course, are not very good representations of these animals. But in a sense, we could say that is nonfiction, can we? We believe the intent to record the uh, the various dinosaurs that the cavemen were witnessing. Isn't that right? Uh, well, I don't think they were um, dinosaurs. Mm -hmm. I think it was mm -hmm. mainly mm -hmm. horses Bears. and Bears, right. yeah. dragons. And, um, right. But be that as it may, not dragons, Mike. Yeah, I don't think there. No, I, I, I no. I mean, dra the idea of the of the fire breathing dragon is obviously mystical, but I'm I'm saying just regular flying dragons. <laughs> well, I'm I feel bad being the first one to break this news to you, <laughs> but I'm not a hundred percent sure there are such things. Well, the science I don't think is settled on that. But you were saying, uh, um, I was saying that yes, I think we can look at it as the first non-fiction writing mm. these cave drawings because I think they were at least I haven't studied cave drawing extensively but my understanding is it was recordings of hunts that were successful it was a a, a way of communicating about things what? that really happened so when when you say that uh, in cold blood that Truman Capote's book in cold blood was the pioneer of the nonfiction movement. Could we maybe say, no, it was the cave drawing that wonderful. was the that was the pioneer. And that's wonderful. Wow. Could, could we say that? Uh, y yeah, I think you might find people who would take exception to that. Um, Truman Capote, for one, <laughs> with his temper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in a famous temper. Yeah. That's... Let's move Let's move very quickly, because we're running out of time, from 500 years ago, when the cave drawings were, to the Bible. Now, is that nonfiction? The intention seems to have been nonfiction. And you said everything we about talk about this, We talk about this on the show all the time. Was this, was this did, the, did the sea really part? 
Did that really happen? Well, the I mean, I I think that's truly another topic um, because you have to begin with the very basic question of did God create the earth? And or is there a God? And I know I know what I think about that. What do you think about that, Mike? Um, I mean, I don't. Again, I don't want to get too detoured, but my feeling about God is that he. If it's, if it's even a he, he isn't some guy with like a long right. white beard right. sitting on a throne. Right. You know, I think God can be anything, you know, mm-hmm. um, a leaf on a tree, for mm-hmm. example. You know, I think God can be the sound of a, of a, of a battling brook. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, it's such a powerful image that I'm painting right now. What do you think about God? Uh, what do what I do you, think what do you, about? What do you believe in God? Well, I similarly don't think of God as a um, man with a long white beard mm. on the throne. Um, mm. I think there is, I guess I believe in some uh, humanity it, um, that some life spirit. What does it look like to you? What does it look um, like? It doesn't look like anything. It's. I think it's the impulse of good that exists in the world. Could it be a leaf on a tree, like what Mike said? No. Mm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not trying to offend you, or and you're, you know, that's. Because Mike, Mike's idea, Mike's thought was that it could be anything. It could be a leaf on a tree. Well, I also said it could be a ba- the sound of a babbling sound of a babbling. Bird. Bird. But what does that even mean? Well, it sounds like a, like a you know, bloop, 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 bloop. You know, I'm, 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 I mean, I'm not, I, I can't do mouth sounds. So if you're asking me to do mouth sounds, I'm not, I'm going to fall short. No, I guess what I mean, and I, I mean, debating the existence of God or someone's view of God is mm. um, kind of um, impolite in a way. But well, there, uh, are no, there are no rules here. Well, I guess what I mean is I do think that there is some impulse towards good and kindness that connects living things. And so, I, I guess so I think your, of your that as... So your version of God is just add another O. Think about like that. that. Think about what I just said. Oh, and that's interesting. Your version of God. is also yeah. mystically... There's a yeah. lot of spiritual... But did you get what I meant? Because I meant your version of God is to add another God-o. O. God-O. No, good, G-O-D, add another O, G-O-O-D. Also, there's no I in team. Think nope. about that. Yeah. <laughs> in, it's so true, in isn't teen? it? It's so like true, teenager? No, I apologize. Well, but there's also no I in team. team. Or teenager, that's right. Mm-hmm. Well, so do you know, I think of sometimes about the word intimacy. Yes. Think about that word for a second. Into me see. <laughs> Oh my God! Oh, wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> I'm sorry. What are we talking about here? I, well, you know, I'm, we, we, I'm, we sometimes do, we sometimes do uh, digress and we get off onto conversational paths that maybe we weren't expecting. It, it generally, in topics, that's okay. We don't uh, we don't laugh about it. I wasn't meaning it as a, as, as that as a joke. I just think it's interesting the way intimacy is a word about, you know, being close to someone and looking at, you know, getting 
getting to that closer place and i just think it's interesting that you could break the word into all these other words intimacy yes. into me actually the, yeah. see this yes. is you know what i'm gonna shepherd us back on topic a tiny bit not to be a bully but it's kind of interesting that we're talking about language there's that word mm-hmm. again language from the yes. latin root lang yes means uh word yes and we does it i think so and I hope it does. And, I think and it, uaj, uaj from the from the Dutch German. Phoenician. It's it's what is it? Phoenician. It's Phoenician uaj, and it means uh, I'm not sure river. what it means. What river. does it mean? River. River. Word river. Language. Language is la- a combination of Latin and rui- fruition, and it means word river. Yes. Oh, that that's kind of cool. Language. Yes. Um, also the word salami. Think about salami. If you rearrange the letters, you get I, Islam. But of course, Muslims don't eat pork. So there's that There's that word irony that we enjoyed so much. There's not always pork and salami. Is there? Well, I guess there's beef salami. I'm finding you to be very contradictory today. And I'm wondering <laughs> if there's something going on with you that is, is, uh, is, 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 is leading you to a place of contradiction. You know, I don't. I think I'm a little argumentative today, mm. and I, um, I think you know, this morning when I was driving my son to school, he asked me if I'd ever been sent to the office when I was a kid, and uh, I guess it made me think about what was the answer. Well, I was, and it made me think about being bad and argumentative and being. Mm. Um, sent to the office and so I think I'm just in that mood so I apologize no apologies Apologies necessary never necessary I think you've been a you've been a you've been a terrific uh, addition to the to the show and would love to have you back anytime well I'd love to anytime I'd love to join you guys and particularly because I live so close so that makes I I live right down the street Susan Susan and I are neighbors Mm. um we didn't get a chance to talk about computer code. Um, but we could do that on another show. We'll, we could do that on another show. It would be great since I know nothing about it, although I did learn how to do bold with the mm-hmm, code. Mm-hmm. Open Apple B. Is that what it is? I, I can't so. remember. Yeah. I have to have a or little... Or shift, sh- shift and then B, uh, F, FB. Oh, don't, don't you know. do that thing with the, little, the pointy... This thing on my computer, anyway. Oh. Hmm. Mike? Okay. Did we get to 80% today? I don't know that we quite achieved 80%, although we certainly covered 80% of the differences between fiction and nonfiction. And so for that, I think we can give ourselves just the slightest pat on the back. Study groups, you have some work cut out for you this week as you delve a little bit deeper into cave drawings, computer code, and back. Our guest has been Susan Orlean, author of so many wonderful books and fellow New York Times best-selling author. We've both been on that list and that's quite a feather in both of our caps. So I want to thank Susan for joining us here today on Topics. My pleasure. I've really enjoyed it. And I have too. Michael, uh, you are also an author. Thank you for being here. It's good to be here. Hello. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Topics. Please help us get the word out about the show by writing us a rating or a review on iTunes. 
If you'd like to write to us a question or a comment about this episode or any episode, please do. Our email address is topicspodcasts at gmail.com. Thank you. This has been an Earwolf Media production. Executive producers Jeff Ulrich and Scott Aukerman. For more information, visit Earwolf.com. EarwolfRadio.com The Wolf Dead.